What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Project Life Mastery Podcast. I'm Stefan James, founder of ProjectLifeMastery.com, internet entrepreneur and life coach with a passion for living life to the fullest and fulfilling my potential as a human being. My purpose for this podcast is to be a powerful and passionate example of the unlimited possibilities that life offers for any of us that has the courage to commit ourselves to life mastery while sharing ideas, concepts, and strategies that can help you master every area of your life, from your health, mindset, emotions, business, finances, relationships, and spirituality. Now, if you're someone like me that is hungry to take their life to the next level, then you're in the right place. Welcome, and let's begin. Hey everyone, this is Stefan from ProjectLifeMastery.com and I'm being joined with my brother Andreas yet again. This time we're going to dive into real estate investing. Um, my brother has been an active real estate investor for many years, built a multi-million dollar investment portfolio. Um, he's a lot of experience, you buy land, you buy residential properties. Do you want to share with people, you know, when did you first get started with real estate investing? Yeah, so I, in my, probably about, I think in my first property I bought, it was about 27 years old, 26, 27 years old, about 14 years ago. Um, I bought a, I bought a, a townhouse, a condo townhouse with, with my partner, and, uh, and we were conservative. We were looking for a place that we could rent out, so we, we weren't going to overcommit ourselves, something that we'd be able to, you know, do some spruce ups, uh, make it, make it a little, little nice, and not spend a lot of money on rentals. So we were looking for a specific kind of, purchase and was going to be easily rentable. Uh, so location was very important. Um, you know, not having rental restrictions was important. And, um, and so, uh, so that's how it, how, where I started. Uh, we primarily wanted, I, I rented for about eight months and I said, I'm not doing this. Uh, and so you lived there, I mean, uh, not this you, one. Okay. I rented another place oh, in Vancouver first for about eight months. Yeah. And I said to my partner, I said, I'm not doing this. I'm just throwing money away. I mean, the minimum, let's buy a place and own it ourselves. And, and, and that's how I felt. Now, I was heavily influenced because I had a British mentor uh, from the UK who uh, had a massive portfolio, over 100 properties in Vancouver. 
Uh, he had retired at 35 years old. He was a uh, before that he owned car lots and he would buy used cars, fix them up, and then and sell them on his lot. And so he kind of took that model a- into the real estate and kind of bought all over Vancouver. Uh, started 40 years ago. And so when I got into construction, I got him as a client and, uh, and, and, and was just mesmerized where I went all these jobs and he owned all these properties from condos to townhouses to houses. And, and so I kind of just said to him, I said, would you mind mentoring me? And, and you know, I'm going to hope that I can make some money and then you can guide me into that. And he essentially just took me under his wing. And, and he would call me and he would send me articles and, and, uh, and he would spend time with me. And there was a cost, of course, <laughs> and so I paid, a, I paid a cost for that. But um, as I started to accumulate properties, yeah. the cost seemed so small right. relative to what yeah. I was doing. Um, and so when I bought my first place, you know, I, I sat down with him and, and he, he gave me tips on, on you know, this, you got to watch for this. You know, you got to get this. You got to So he gave me a list of five or ten things and, uh, and we bought our first place and, and, and I still have that place 14 oh, wow. years later. Um, and it's beautiful. So, you know, things like buy the water, yeah. uh, you know, make sure it has transportation, transit. Yeah. Um, you know, it, always try to get like a two-bedroom instead of a one-bedroom because then if economic times get really tough, you can rent the two-bedroom at the one-bedroom price and, and have competition and eliminate the one. So he gave us tips like that. So that was so valuable yeah. in my mid-20s going into this new business and having someone that I could just pick up the phone and, and, and spend a half an hour with or get together. And so it started with a cheap investment. I spent 149000 on my first place. Um, you know, it was a two-bedroom, one-bathroom. And a uh, beautiful area, a block away from the ocean, um, you know, close to all amenities and on the nice part of the city, a suburb outside of Vancouver. Um, and, uh, but I knew in my mind that that was just going to be a temporary I was going to fix it up a certain point and then move into uh, the next place. So how many properties have, do you have now? Uh, right now, I'm coming up on, on, on 10. Okay. Uh, that's a mixture of uh, residential and land. Okay. So I've shifted now uh, in my golden years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just my lifestyle's changed. Uh, and so uh, I decided to go with something a little bit less, you know, less maintenance um, and just looking not so short term, like raw land can be an even longer term investment than maybe uh, houses and, and real estate and rental properties. I'm just looking at it. I'm 40 years old. I'm going to look for something like 20, 25 years out and uh, no maintenance. You know, you buy it outright, you sit on it, pay your property tax and, and it's real simple. So what is, what's kind of like the overall strategy that you had? I, I know it's maybe kind of evolved uh, since, but it was it mainly... Like you're looking for properties that, you know, the basically the rent can pay for the mortgage, the insurance, all the expenses. So you're at least either breaking even, yeah. or are you looking for like a positive cash flow on that, like a passive income from it? And is a strategy just to hold them, and either the value goes up and sell them at some point, or you pay off the mortgage and you just get the passive income? From yeah, it? for me, like for a lot of people, I know they try to create a passive income from it. Um, for me, it was about, cause I had a, I had a career with construction. I was making money. And so for me, it was trying to put the least amount as a down payment, which meant that your mortgage payment would be a bit higher. 
Uh, so I just wanted to break even. I wanted whatever rent come in to pay my expenses, my mortgage, my taxes, whatever cost was associated. Even when my cash flow is broken even, a lot of people don't realize that, is that you're still accumulating equity because yeah. you're turning around, you're paying your mortgage, and part of that mortgage is principal. So you've got principal that's growing every single month, even though you don't see it. You only see it if you pull that equity in refinancing or down the road when you sell it. So for me, I was fine with just breaking even on paper, but I knew that equity was accruing. At the same time, I was having capital appreciation, right? The land was going up, uh, real estate, the, the houses. And so I was banking on really making the most money from that side of things. Um, but of course, when interest rates go down and you refinance, your mortgage goes down. And so I started to see a positive cash flow from it. So interest rates play a big role and how much you're borrowing, how far you're amortizing. There are a number of variables that will determine your cash flow. If you can have a positive cash flow, which anybody can, depending on how much you put down. Yeah. And, and maybe there's certain markets that's probably easier. Like in Vancouver, it looks like it's pretty tough to do it's that. Way but tougher, there's probably markets out there if you wanted to find, you know, find around. Yeah. Like now I've moved away two years ago and I've, I've moved five hours from Vancouver. And it reminds me of when I started. Because when I started, I could buy a place for 150000 and where I live now, there are houses I can buy for two, for a quarter of a million. And I can rent that out and easily cover. Whereas you can't buy a house in Vancouver for under six, seven hundred thousand now, right? So you, you have bigger capital up front. Uh, the interest rate plays a bigger role on the amount you're borrowing, the equity. So that it's much tougher in, in Vancouver to make that work as an investor. But, you know, this video is going to go out to how many people and they're going to be all over the world and so you might be living in a different country, a different city, where you look around and the basic principles are all going to apply the same. It's just make the numbers work. If you can make the numbers work, cover your, your expenses, capital appreciation. Land is always going to go up. If you look at the history of time, land has always gone up. There'll be pullbacks, but it, over 10, 20, 30, 40, it'll always go up. Yeah. I know, I know I, for me, I bought my first property, I think, when I was 25 years old or so, and you definitely helped me out a lot with that process too. But I'm in the process right now of refinancing it and taking out the equity and then using that equity to, to other investment purposes and stuff. So it's, uh, it's, it's amazing how, I mean, real estate is just another asset, like we'll maybe talk about being diversified and everything, but it is an asset that you know, it, it is always going to go up in value. It will, will. I mean, you know, it, it, it's tough to make it as a primary business, like, you know, because you need capital. So to go and buy 10 properties and then to live off of that income yeah. becomes really challenging. But if you have the ability to have extra income, I mean, nothing beats diversity. So while you're grinding in a job or a career or being an entrepreneur, you know, taking 5,000 or 10, I mean, my first place I bought for 150, I put five grand down yeah. as a down payment. Yeah. That was it. And, and that place today is my neighbor selling for over 400000 Yeah. So I've seen a $250,000 appreciation, even more, because mine would be worth more, in over a decade. But at the same time, I've had my mortgage paid down over that decade, and I've pulled that equity out, and I've invested it in other vehicles, yeah. and I'm making money off equity that you know, yeah. is just sitting there still yeah. growing. So you know, it, diversity, for me, I knew that I was going to be immersed in my construction in my other businesses. So for me, I just wanted to invest it and let time you know, work for itself and just have appreciation. So for a lot of people that have some extra money, 
and you know already have a place for themselves, then diversify. I even say for people that are young that not necessarily maybe own their own place, like you did, rent, rent a place where if you had bought that place, it would have cost you an arm and a leg. Yeah. So you can enjoy the lifestyle at a lower cost and commitment and invest in real estate where you're renting it out and, and you know where the numbers work. So it's largely using leverage, right? Yeah. Because you're, and we can talk about that, but you're using the bank's money, yeah. right? You're putting down the minimum down payment. Maybe it's more different based on, where I guess, where, you know, yeah. where you might live. Maybe in the U.S. it might be different in Canada and everything. But you're trying to borrow that. You're getting a low interest rate. And you're just having that cover the expense. The equity is going up. And then I guess, how would you be able to scale that? Would you, because obviously you have to have good credit. You have to, um, I mean, you'd have to have, you'd, you'd maybe be limited in how much you can borrow from the banks at a certain point because there's certain it's, factors to look at, It's right? all about leverage because, you know, you look at back at myself, the first place we bought, it was only 150000 so we didn't need a lot of credit to buy that place. Were you, is it maybe because you weren't able to borrow more than that or is it like a limit? No, no, we, we just found a great deal okay. and we didn't want to go in too much because we wanted to be able to just fix it, rent it within a year and move on to the next. The second year I bought, uh, the second the year year two I bought a house for three hundred twenty five thousand, and a big shift from one hundred fifty to three twenty five. But it had a you know a, a residence upstairs, you know three bedrooms, bathroom, uh, kitchen, and downstairs it had a suite. So when I did the numbers, it wasn't the best area, and that was something my mentor always says: says you cannot have an emotional attachment to an investment. If it's going to be an investment, you're going to rent out. The numbers have to work. So I sat down, I did the numbers, and when I, when I looked at the rent that I was collecting downstairs and the fact that a house doesn't have strata fees and you know, HOA in the United States, things like that, then I was actually going to save money. And we were going to have a bigger place, a yard, a garage, right. and land. And a house will always appreciate more than a condo. You know, a townhouse will appreciate more than a, than a condo. So I said, let's do it. So we jumped in. But at that time when I did it, I didn't even have, I was still in the family, I was leaving the family business and I was starting my own business. So I didn't really have credit. So I had to, I had to leverage myself and manipulate the banks to believe what I had. Right. And that was by building a good relationship with a financial, with a, with a bank manager, letting him have access to my business account so he could see the progress of the revenue. Now, things have gotten tougher here in Canada, for instance, in regards to all of that. They're, they're much more stringent, but I just heard in the United States, for example, that Trump just did easing on banking lending. So it's even easier now to get mortgages in the U.S. than it was past the subprime. You just released that a couple weeks ago. So in the United States, for example, it's a lot easier for someone new to get a mortgage, where after the subprime problem, it was really hard. And there's places all over the world that are going to be easier than Canada. Canada, they have a fear there's a little bit of a bubble. And so they're trying to control it, and they, they make it tougher for lending. But back when I was doing it, 14... 12, 14 years ago, it wasn't as highly regulated. So I could find ways to, you know, whether I borrowed money from someone and threw it in my bank and let the bank see it so I had the money and then throw it back in. So I did strategies like that just to, to impress the banks so that they would lend it to me. Now, I over-leveraged myself. I took risk, right? But I believe, like my mentor just said, it's land. I got 100 properties. I have a lot more to lose yeah. than your one or two, yeah. right? And I'm not getting out of it. So, so long as you can just grind it out and get, and you'll be okay, right? And so, uh, I believed in him and, and I, and I went all in and I did that. Now, it got easier as I accumulated a couple properties because the, the, the value started to go up and I had equity. 
So now I could go back to the bank, refinance like you, pull the equity out, and that was a down payment for the next place. So I guess the long-term strategy, I mean, if you're holding it long-term, there will probably be times that it will go down. Oh, for sure. And what's your mindset when that happens? Because a lot of people, they might panic. Maybe they they need the money, which maybe they shouldn't be investing and things like that. Well, Um, I'll give you a story. I had a great story. I I was in a situation in one of my townhouses where my neighbor, uh, he got into a battle with a strata over a parking spot. This is crazy. It was, he had argued that when he bought the place, he got two parking spots. And in fact, uh, Strata said, no, we only get one. Everybody gets one. And he would just park his cars there. So Strata retaliated and towed his car. And then he would put his car there. And so then all these towing bills got racked up and fines. The Strata would fine him. And so then he sued the Strata over this situation. Make a long story short, a five-year lawsuit that was like a $50 parking ticket turned into uh, basically had to foreclose on his house, $200,000 on his house. So it foreclosed. Um, I had bought that place for 250000 and he was foreclosure. He couldn't pay, went bankrupt. Uh, you know, they had to get a bailiff to remove him, the court, you know, court order. And, and then the strata took over it and then had to sell it. Well, of course, they were just trying to sell it. So now they dumped it at 175000 And I had seen my place that I bought for two hundred fifty. If I wanted to sell it now, is 175. Um, and so I was like, oh my God, the bank could recall their loan. They could come to me today and say, we want our money because this is not value. Now here in Canada, they don't typically do that. In the United States, very different. They're a little bit more tough on that. But in, in Canada, they as long as you're making your payments, yeah. you're fine. So I wrote it out. Well, today that place is over $600,000, right? And, um, and, and so, I mean, that was maybe four years ago. And how much it's changed. And now it's not part of the minutes anymore because here they keep a record for two years' minutes and you have to provide it to the seller. So there's no even a log of it anymore that what that happened in that building. And he's long gone and that's just history. Yeah. But it was a scary time because it was like I, I, I didn't know. If they had recalled it, I'm thinking, okay, where am I going to pull this money to pay off because my mortgage was higher than, than what, the, what the, the place was worth, right? Yeah, yeah. So what, what advice would you give to someone that is looking to invest in real estate? I mean, obviously, you have to take a step back first, make sure that financially you're managing your money properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have some cash flow for that. Maybe you ha- even have money just kind of factoring in some additional costs, legal fees or even repairs and whatnot. But I guess at what point would someone be ready and prepared to be able to focus on, okay, I'm ready to buy a place? Ready to buy a place. Um, if you are, so the easiest way to get into the market is to buy a place for yourself. Okay. If you're in a position where you're paying rent, then you probably are in a position that you could buy a place. Your biggest challenge is going to be that down payment. Um, but nowadays we live in a world where credit is quite easy in a lot of areas where you can maneuver, uh, that credit around for that down payment. I think the key is don't overextend yourself. So if you're paying $1,000 rent, um, look for a place that in the end you have minimal down payment and you're paying $1,000 in rent. Um, and, and I think that most people, like, like I said, I bought my first place, $150,000. I put $5,000 down. My girlfriend put $5,000 down. So ten grand. And, and a lot of places, not in Canada now because they have a higher down payment, but in the United States or in Europe and things, 
you can get away with that still 5%, 10% down. I think a lot of people want to have the bells and whistles, and that is when real estate doesn't work for you. Yeah. They want the beautiful counters and the Going back to the sacrifice. Going back to the sacrifice, right? you got to look at it and say, I can keep paying my rent, which I'm making landowners rich, which is fine by me, or, you know, because I'm a landowner but, or, or landlord, or you can look at it and say, I'm paying down some equity. And then after some time, that equity grows and you can pull that equity and maybe you can upgrade your place, right? Where you can buy a bigger place for yourself, a nicer one, and then rent out the place below. Yeah. You, you might typically have to make that sacrifice because, you know, um, you know, a thousand bucks a month rent might be, you know, you might get a lesser place if you were to buy it yourself. Maybe you have to move out in the suburbs a yeah. little bit more. Well, or that's a sacrifice, a right? And, and I did that. I had friends who would go and buy places for $500,000 in the city. And I looked at it and said, this is short term for me. I'll be able to live wherever I want 10 years from now. Yeah. So I'm just going to move 20 minutes out, go over a bridge, buy in the nicest area there at one third the cost. Yeah. And I'll be able to rent it and let it pay for itself. And then I can move on. And that's what I did. I bought a townhouse and then I moved into a house. And then after a house, I bought a couple of uh, investment properties. And then I moved into a nicer house. Yeah. Lived there for five, six years. And then I built my home out there. So I progressively did. Slowly scaling up. Slowly yeah. scaling. Now, another key thing. This is my mentor told me at the very beginning. He says, for entrepreneurs, we don't have a pension. So we're always thinking about our long term. He says, when you own real estate and you rent it out, it's an indexed pension. Because it's always going to demand the rent that people can pay. So if the city, and that's what we experience in Vancouver, if wealth goes, if the city becomes expensive, rent goes up with it. Right, and that's what we're seeing here: is rental rents are blown out of the roof, and it's become crazy. And that's because the city has done so well, and the land values have gone up, and the landlords can attract more for rent. And then the rent goes down because less people can afford. And like right now, there's very little vacancy. It's hard to find a place to rent. So it'll always be indexed with what people can afford in the area that you live in. Okay, and and inflation occurs two percent almost every year. So your rent's always going up. And whereas as an entrepreneur, we have to find ways to create income yeah. when we retire. And unless we invest wisely, it's not indexed. Yeah, Awesome. So we are a little bit limited on time. Yeah. So I wish I could talk more about this. But you do have a coaching program, the Maverick, Maverick Coaching. Yeah. You do on Amazon and publishing. But you also do the investing and real estate yeah. side. Do you want to share a little bit about that component? Yeah. So the, it's a great program for teaching people their options. Uh, either the investing or the real estate. So real estate, there's a number of things you can get into. You can get residential, commercial, land. And so we cover that where we go through what's going to be a good fit for you. Because as an investor, you need to know what you can stomach. Uh, you can't make an investment if you can't sleep at night. So we got to find out what is good for you in regards to your cash flow, in regards to your skill set, how you can save costs, and how you can grind it out at the beginning and then have options moving forward. Um, in the investing program, the basic investing program, once again, showing you your options from stock markets to mutual funds to real estate, different types of options that you know, we find out what kind of investor are you. Are you a risk taker? Are you immediate, you know, intermediate? Are you conservative? And then looking at the different types of vehicles that you can invest in in your country or abroad and, 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 getting, and taking action on that after we figure out how much you have. And, and you don't need a lot. Like even the investing program, you can start. You started with twenty five dollars a month. Remember when you got your first fund? You called me yeah, and you yeah, said, right, yeah. twenty five bucks a month." Old. Eighteen yeah. years old, and I got you to do that, yeah. right? And and that and that was a good feeling for you. Yeah. 
because you went about your business, a year later you had this money. Yeah. And you were motivated yeah. to find ways to add more. Yeah. So what's, what's the website for them to learn more? Uh, same thing, maverickpublishing.ca. You okay. go there, you go to the coaching section, it has all the programs, and you can learn more about it. And you can always reach out to me privately on Facebook, and I can answer your questions and, and get you set up if you want to get into it. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. So check out Maverick, maverickpublishing.ca. I'll have a link below. Uh, thank you guys for watching. We'll probably do some more videos talking about real estate, investing, uh, whatever you guys are most interested in hearing from Andreas. But thank you guys for watching. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for joining me today and listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or received any value, then I'd love for you to leave an honest review on iTunes and subscribe to the Project Life Mastery podcast for future episodes. And of course, to receive more content and value, make sure to find and follow me at www.projectlifemastery.com for more. Thanks again. Remember to always believe and commit your life to mastery. I look forward to talking to you again soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.